0: Hello guys, happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode. I'm gonna keep this intro pretty short and sweet because I do have finals this week. It's Sunday afternoon before this episode is going up and this episode is another guest with Dr. Rob. He talks about AEGD programs and GPR programs, which are general dentistry residencies, if you're not familiar. So we talk about the difference between the two, how he likes his program that he just finished and just kind of the logistics of them because I know personally, I'd never really knew exactly how they work. And then also we talk about LGBTQ health, and he does a lot of different webinars for dentists around the country. That way they can become more aware of terminology to use and different things that they should be thinking about to make their patients feel more comfortable and included and trusting of their care. So quickly before you get into that main episode with him, I did just want to give you some life updates and share some motivation like usual. So last week you heard that I was about to take my tooth ID exam. At first, we got the scores back and I did not pass it. I missed it by one question, but then upon their reviewing of the exam, they realized that two questions were mismarked and those were two that I happened to get marked incorrect. So I got two points back and then I did end up passing. So that is all fine and dandy, very exciting, still obviously not a high score, but it was very, very challenging and I'll go into more detail on the tooth ID exams in our next episode when I talk about finals week because we have another final tooth ID exam. But aside from that, I had a final this past week histology that went pretty well I passed it was a pass fail class so no matter what you got on the exam didn't particularly matter as long as you passed but I did score pretty high so I was proud of myself on that and then we also had an online final that you could take as many times as you want open note for our intro to the profession class so I got that one done and then we had a group project a case study for oral facial function that I had to complete that was about pain and there was like you had to Take these chief concerns of this patient and figure out three possible diagnoses and treatments for that pain. So that was kind of cool and it was a group project so it was a nice way to interact with some of my classmates. And then aside from that I also finished all the quizzes for our evidence-based dentistry class which means that I have finished four of our seven classes for the summer. And then going into this week our technical finals week I have five finals. So I have a final in biomaterials, two finals in dental anatomy, and two finals in head and neck anatomy. So next week you're going to hear an update all About how finals went and reflecting on my first semester of dental school, my D1 summer term. So, look forward to that. And my little life hack or tip for getting motivated this week, what I've been doing is actually using music. So I made a little finals week playlist on my Spotify with some really random like throwback happy songs, you know, some we're all in this together high school musical, like shake it off Taylor Swift, like super basic classic songs that just kind of boost your mood and get you going through this tough time of finals or whatever you have coming up, whether you're taking DAT or if you're just enjoying summer, why not make a nice summer playlist to get you motivated? motivated for whether it's eating healthy, working out, studying, reading, learning, whatever you're doing, I recommend that you make a fun playlist and kind of have some good vibes going into your week. So that's everything I have to give you this week in the intro, and now we will come back to the conversation with Dr. Rob in just a few seconds look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And All right, hello everyone. So we're back with another guest today. I'm super excited to introduce Dr. Rob, and I'll let him tell you all a little bit about himself.
1: Hello, everybody. So uh, my name is Dr. Rob. I graduated from Loma Linda University School of Dentistry back in 2019, um, and I did my MPH before that in 2015, um, and now I'm wrapping up my AGD this coming Friday. So. Um, And now, and then after that, I'm going to be moving down to San Diego. So a lot of changes in the next couple of days, but it's exciting. And um, yeah, that's just a little tidbit about me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. So expanding a little bit about the MPH part of your education first. So what kind of brought you to pursue an MPH and how do you plan to kind of intertwine that with your career as a dentist?
1: So I think one of the biggest things that we, um, I think just generally in healthcare, we kind of Ignore public health, unfortunately, um, you know, in medicine and, and even in dentistry, we really focus on treatment, but we don't really focus too much on prevention um, at times. And public health kind of gave me a good overview of what healthcare really is, and it it kind of provided a support or a structure that I can um, kind of put dentistry in and and um, uh, you know just just utilize some of that the infrastructure that public health kind of gives you to kind of give you a better idea of what healthcare really means. Um, So I guess I decided to pursue public health because one, I was actually really interested in it. And then another thing is I um, wanted to also be able to do some health education. So in, in public health, we have a couple different disciplines. Um, You could go into like epidemiology, nutrition. Um, I specialized in health education. So my, I guess my program really was tailored to creating programs and um, creating uh, content for various different subjects. And I kind of now I'm using that in dentistry when I talk to patients and um, that type
0: of thing. Awesome. So where did you um, complete your MPH at? Was it also at Loma Linda or was that separate?
1: Yeah. So it was also in Loma Linda. Um, So it was a really quick one-year degree that I did before dental school.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So were you planning that, but from undergrad, were like, I'm going to get my MPH, then I'm going to like apply to dental school or was it kind of a different journey?
1: Um, it was a different journey. Um, okay. I would say that I originally had the intention of going to medicine first, okay. um, come to find out that medicine just wasn't the right cut for me. Um, so I, withdrew from medical school, went to, did my MPH for that time being in between. Um, regardless, I wanted to get my MPH anyways, and then fell in love with dentistry and and have never looked back since.
0: Wow, that's so awesome. So I'm definitely curious a little bit more about your story then. So you were an undergrad, kind of, can you take us through your thought process about like choosing your career and everything and how everything went with your journey of then ending on dentistry?
1: Yeah. So interestingly enough, I was actually interested in dentistry when I was in seventh grade and that kind of, that love kind of fell off. I was like, Oh, I don't want to be looking at the mouth all day. It's kind of boring. So went to high school, went through college and in college, I was like, you know what? Medicine is right for me. So started doing a little bit of, um, research and, and doing a lot of other things at different institutions and trying to building up that resume. And I thought medicine was the right way to go, you know, pursue my MD and, and interestingly enough, the school that I went to, um, a lot of my, um, friends were also pursuing an MD degree as well. So everybody was pre-med in, in college. Um, so I kind of jumped on that bandwagon and, um, come to find out after going through it, I realized, you know, it just wasn't the right fit for me. I actually really like talking to people. I like to create that relationship. Um, and dentistry was that perfect blend of medicine and, um, interprof- uh, interpersonal, relationships. And, um, and you also find out that like, it's also easier for you because rather than going into the hospital all day long, you kind of tailor your schedule too. So there's, there's a lot of pros to dentistry. Um, my brother's a, a family medicine resident, so I could kind of um, joke about medicine, but um, but I just think you know dentistry is just the beautiful blend of the two.
0: Awesome, thank you for kind of giving a little bit of your journey to get where you are today. So um, you mentioned you're in an AEGD program. Would you be able to yes. explain to listeners what an AEGD is and talk a little bit about your experience in your program?
1: So an AEGD is um, it's called Advanced Education in General Dentistry. Um, I think a lot of people tend to get confused probably by the third and fourth year people are a little bit confused of what the difference between a GPR and an AGD. Um, And they're both one year degrees. You can do another two year um, program, but most of them are one year and GPRs tend to focus on more hospital based work. So it's more with chronic conditions. Um, This is a very generalized overview, Um, but in an AGD is more private practice setting. So um, usually it's in community clinics and stuff. Um, so it gives you more experience than what you would get in dental school. So for example, you know, you would have a certain minimum requirement that you would have to fulfill in dental school, but an AGD gives you that kind of that push, um, because now you're a, a doctor, you're a dentist and, um, they require you to perform you know, at a higher level. So in dental school, you would probably see maybe two patients a day In an AGD program. You would see probably anywhere between 10 to 16 patients a day and you make the calls on everything. So it's also nice too, because it provides a safety net as well for you. So these programs, it allows you to test your limit, but you also have the safety net of your faculty to kind of guide you. So um, I pursued it just because I wanted to get more experience and to just be more confident, clinically confident um, when I go out into the real world.
0: So do you think, like if you're a third or fourth year dental student and you're working on patients, what's a good way to, like questions to ask yourself if an AEGD program would be right for you upon graduation or versus going into like right into practicing?
1: (laughs) So I'm a little biased. I think everybody (laughs) should actually go into an AEGD or a GPR. Mm -hmm. Um, I only say that because dental school really gives you like it barely scratches the surface and an AEG and a GPR is only going to give you more of that, like real world dentistry, you know, in in dental school, you're going to learn what's ideal, you know, and what you want to strive for. But in real world dentistry, sometimes ideal, you can't reach ideal. So, you know, it it teaches you how to live with, I guess, patient management as well. Um, Mm -hmm. That's another thing as well, where, in dental school, you kind of had that cushion per se, but in AEGD, you're in charge of your, um, at least in my program, I was in charge of my patients and stuff. So having that connection, building those trusts and, um, you know, having good patient management skills, that's a, that's a big skill to have. And that's something you probably won't learn too much in dental school.
0: So I have a couple more questions about AGD programs, because these are just Mm -hmm. things I'm curious about since I'm just starting dental school. I really don't know that much about them. So the first thing I was wondering, what's the process like of applying to these programs? Is it like a match system, kind of like medical school residencies or dental specialties? How does that work? Yeah.
1: So it's exactly what you just said. So what you would fill out first is the PASS application. and the PASS application, you would put like your CV, your grades, your um, board scores, um, and your personal statement, all of that will come into a pass. And then you would select the schools that you want to interview at. So for myself, I selected like 10 schools in California. And then from there, I waited patiently to hear back from the schools that would give me an interview. As soon as I did those interviews, then you would go into the match system and I would rank the, the schools that I got an interview, rank them one, two, three, or, you know, however many you got interview. And then at I believe I got matched at the end of February. It's like a random computer algorithm and they match you to the program that um, best suits you.
0: Awesome. Well, congratulations, by the way, I know you're finishing up your program, but congrats on being Thank accepted you. and finishing. That's so exciting. Um, so another question about that I know in dental school, a lot of people pay for their tuition with loans. Once you're mm-hmm. in this residency program, are you in loan deferment if you choose to be, or do you have to start paying on your loans during this residency?
1: So there, I think there's two ways that you could approach this. There are a couple people that approach it with a loan deferment. I think there is one that residents can do, I believe. Don't quote me on it. But what I decided to do was because my residency actually pays me, um, uh-huh. I just acted like I was paying my loans back. So Mm. I would, you know, um, say that I'm making, you know, X amount of dollars. And then the, I guess, uh, fed loan or whatever loan agency that you're working with, they will kind of determine based on your income, what, how much you would pay and, you know, you'll start paying off of that. So like, for me, like my income was super low that, they just said, you know what, you're not going to be paying anything this first year. So I paid zero dollars, but I still kind of acted like I was paying.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Also, you mentioned that the programs you apply through um, different schools, you said, and then is it the schools are like affiliated with different community clinics and that's where you're practicing at?
1: Right. So with AEGDs and GPRs, so most GPRs are hospital-based. So you'll probably see a lot of them at the VA hospitals. Um, but AEGDs, there are certain schools that have AEGDs. So there's one at like University of Pacific. There's a couple other ones um, uh, at various you know, school institutions. And then NYU Langone is the other um, one that I'm part of, where NYU Langone has gosh, I forgot a couple hundred um, sites all over the United States. And what they do is they contract with these sites and they provide the structure for an AEG program. So, um, you know, they have programs all over all 50 states, plus a couple international ones, you know, Puerto Rico and uh, Trinidad, I believe, and a couple other ones too.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I think my mind was thinking it had to be in the state of the dental school, but it sounds like it's a much bigger process than that. That's interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, did they tell you which, obviously you were placed with the NYU and then did they tell you which clinic you were going to, or did you kind of have a selection of a few? So
1: you could select it. So in the past okay. application, what they'll tell you is it's an NYU Langone program. And then they'll just say it's located in, you know, UCSF or it's located in San Jose or it's located in, you know, wherever it may be. It'll tell you specifically, but it'll tell you what um, it's affiliated with on the PASS application.
0: Awesome. That definitely covers all of my curiosities, at least. And if people have any more, I'm going to have your Instagram page in the description of this podcast if they want to reach out to you. But another thing that I wanted to talk about today with you, because you're very passionate about it, is um, LGBT health. And I wanted you to just kind of talk to the listeners a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So um, LGBT health, gosh, this is... um, such a big thing, especially in June, it's pride month. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is something that unfortunately I think a lot of schools don't talk about. Um, and I saw that in the lack of education that I had when I was in Loma Linda. Um, and because it's just, there's no, I guess, uh, formal education that's out there. Right. So what I decided to do, at least I was, when I was at Loma Linda, I decided to just create my own content and lecture it. at at schools. So I lectured this. I was fortunate enough to lecture it a couple years at Loma Linda. I've done the lectures at other schools as well. And this is, it's just a population that's super vulnerable. It's a marginalized population. And unfortunately, a lot of people in that community um, have a hard time accessing care. And, you know, we need to be, as healthcare providers, I think it's very important for us to be knowledgeable about all the various populations and communities that we serve. And that's one thing that we need to be knowledgeable about is the terminology, knowing how to properly ask questions. Um, for me, I really focus a lot on my transgender brothers and sisters. Um, how do we navigate those type of conversations? Um, what kind of um, things that we should look out for in the oral cavity when they, you know, when they come in, when they're on, you know, hormone replacement therapies or whatever it may be, you know, these are things that, we need to be educated about, but, um, that's something that I think is lacking in dental school curriculum. And I'm hoping that eventually maybe a couple years down the road, hopefully that changes.
0: Is that something that you think dentists can be like advocating for at like a, uh, like political level, like to be in, like making changes in like the ADA with like curriculums for dental schools or like, how would you like to see changes implemented, like some steps that people could take or to be supporting?
1: I mean, we, we, we talk about, you know, so many different things in dental school. I think this is something that we can, you know, advocate for and, and really try to have some kind of um, formal education that all schools could teach on. You know, I think this is, this is, it really comes down, and this is where I think the blend of public health and blend of dentistry come into it because, you know, public health is very much more community. We look at community-based type of things. Um, so that's where I kind of blend the two in is with this whole LGBT health. Um, so I think, yeah, we, it could be politicized and, you know, advocated upon. And I think it's something that, you know, we, we really should push for if we want to be a more well-rounded, competent provider.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you have any resources or anything that you recommend the listeners kind of look at anything to read, any Pages or things to follow so that they can try to be more educated while it's still not included in curriculum?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think go online, a um, couple good websites. They have a lot of good websites out there from various, you know, big LGBT institutions that talk about different terminologies. Be familiar with the terminologies. Um, and also, like, reach out to people that, you know, that you like for myself, I usually tell people, like, if you have any questions, and I told people this on the clinic floor when I was there, and I tell people on Instagram as well, like, if you have questions about it, you know, like, ask, you know, I'm part of the LGBT community. So, you know, if I don't know something, I always know somebody who I can ask that information for, you know, so I think it's um, websites, there's so many websites out there that can really help in educating you on um, just how to, you know, dialogue and have those conversations with this population.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, is there anything else you want to mention about that topic? Cause I do have a few more questions just about like dentistry in general, but if mm-hmm. there's anything else you want to, um, tell people.
1: Um, at the end of the day, everybody wants to be seen and everybody wants to be heard. And, you know, in dentistry, sometimes we tend to be very, um, closed off in that sense where we kind of just look at the mouth and we just kind of do our, you know, cavity preps or our crowns and then that's it, you know, but having that communication and, and talking to, you know, people from that community and building those bonds and trust, like it goes so far. Um, I, I, I'm a big advocate for it, of course. And, and, and when I see people that are from that community, I consider them part of my family, you know, and I mean, anybody who walks in my door, I consider them family, but yeah, there's that special, special thing about, you know, them that sometimes it's, it's hard for them to find people who are competent in that, you know, in that field. So sometimes they get very scared to disclose that information, but I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to be, you know, be who they are and be authentic with me. And, And that only helps with my treatment planning, but, and, and, and it also helps in like whole person care. So that's kind of like my little tidbit.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate you talking about this and I could not agree more that as care providers, like it's part of your commitment is to be providing like the best care and equal care to everyone. And that does require extra effort on our parts to fully like understand people and, treat them, like you said, like make them feel included and like comfortable and everything. So thank you so much for I agree. Um, talking about that today. I really do appreciate it. But um, yeah,
1: one, uh, yeah one, one, one more thing. One thing I, I usually tell people is, and this is something that you'll learn, you know, you, you will learn how to do great cavity preps. You will learn how to do a great class two prep. You'll learn how to do great crowns. But at the end of the day, what your patient's always going to remember is how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you do great dentistry okay? Because no person, no patient is going to know, oh, this is a beautiful prep or, oh, that's a beautiful whatever. But (laughs) what they'll always remember is how you made them feel in that chair because that's what really matters.
0: Thank you so much. I feel like I know I'm inspired listening to you talk. So hopefully the listeners as well are inspired to go out and do more and just try to better themselves and improve themselves in that regard. But um, so transitioning topics a little bit back to Mm -hmm. dental school specifically, I was hoping you could talk a little bit more about your experience at your dental school, why Mm -hmm. you chose Loma Linda for your dental education and how your experience was overall.
1: Uh, my dental school experience. I would tell you this. My first year was definitely a challenge um, just because of the curriculum load, you know, the load, you just, you're just not aware of it, right? You're coming out of college. You expect a certain level of rigor, you know, when it comes to studying. And then all of a sudden dental school hits and you're like, oh my gosh. So I'll be honest, I was like failing classes a lot first year. Um, but also to be honest, it was also a struggle too, because as a gay provider uh, or a gay, you know, individual, um, I felt that I couldn't be authentic at school. And that was a very big thing for me because, you know, Loma Linda is a, is a Christian university and, you know, I wanted to be real. I wanted to be authentic, but that was o- always holding me back. And it wasn't until the second year when um, our president for Loma Linda came out with this beautiful statement and he pretty much said, you know, I embrace anybody who's within the LGBT community. And at that point it was like this green light that went off my head and I felt part of the family now. And after that, then like everything just turned beautiful. And, and, and I absolutely love Loma Linda. Loma Linda is such a great institution. And, and I, I could have not asked for a better dental school experience um, first year was rough, but second year came along, third year came along, fourth year came along and, and man, it, they pushed me it made me grow. And, um, I could have not asked for a better dental experience. Uh, it's one of the best experiences in my life.
0: I'm really glad that things turned around for you, but that is so like heartbreaking to hear that you couldn't feel comfortable where you were at first. So that's just more reason that I really hope and will try to be a part of like change in all of like dental culture, but specifically at dental schools. So um, can you talk a little bit about your favorite part now that you are graduated and working on patients full time? What's like your favorite part of being a dentist?
1: Oh my gosh. The favorite part <laughs> of being a dentist. <laughs> There's so many it. to pick from. <laughs> there's so many to pick from. I think like today, one of the, you know, there's going to be good days and bad days, mind mm-hmm. you, you know, and, but like today I, I saw a two-year-old baby girl and, you know, children, I kind of, I don't really like kids. I'll be honest with you. I, I really don't. But <laughs> this two-year-old made my day because as soon as I walked in, And I said, honey, I'm going to be brushing your teeth. She just started clapping and being so happy. So it's those little things that you like cling on to, you know, like, and it's, it's just beautiful because you get to impact people at so many different parts of their life. You know, a two-year-old, I had a, you know, two-year-old today, but I also had a 99 year old patient when I was doing my residency too. So the beauty of it's like, you get to hear their stories, you Mm -hmm. know, and you get to see and you get to hear what they've experienced and, And I think that's the beauty of dentistry is, yeah, the dentistry part is important and that's, you know, my livelihood, but being able to just connect with people and being able to just listen to their stories and, you know, it, 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 it's just a beautiful thing that I, I personally just love just to hear what people have to say and where they've come from and what their experiences were like in life.
0: Yeah. I'm so excited to have my first patient one day and then every day actually be working on patients. I have a while to go, but I feel like it'll be here sooner than I realize. So I'm definitely looking forward to that feeling. (laughs) Blink of an eye, blink of an eye. (laughs) So kind of on the other end of that, what is the biggest challenge that you feel like you've kind of dealt with as a dentist?
1: (sighs) Biggest challenge. Why? I think one of the biggest challenges is, and I think you did a podcast on this. Um, was comparing yourself with other people.
0: Yes, definitely. Um,
1: I think that is still kind of ingrained in me um, because I think in college, even in high school, but in college, you were kind of forced to try to stand out, right? And then you come into dental school and you have this very shocking reality that, whoa, everybody is just like me, right? They all study hard, you know, they all got good grades. And then you come out of dental school and then you're you're like you know looking at instagram and you're like wow they're doing beautiful work here beautiful work there and it's hard because i think sometimes it comes it gets really easy to just be like oh man like look at them you know look at where i'm at but i think we have to always remember that you know each of us are on a different journey and sometimes you just have to let time you know kind of help you process things and you know if you strive for perfection that's good because you will get there eventually right um but it's just being able to just remember that you know everybody's on a different journey and not comparing yourself with other people
0: yeah I couldn't agree more I think that's like the true testament that that in a way never goes away but I think you get better at dealing with it as you like mature and everything mm-hmm So one of my favorite questions to ask my guests, because everyone has such a different answer, is how do you think dentistry fits into your overall life goals? What are some things you're kind of looking forward to in your life, dental or not? But how do you think dentistry is going to play a part in that?
1: Oh my gosh, what a packed question. I know, yeah, take your
0: time, <laughs> peel back the layers.
1: My goodness, I've never been asked this question before.
0: <laughs> it's how I know does, it's long, how does long head.
1: <laughs> fit in my life goals?
0: Yeah, oh I think it's gosh. important just the fact that, yes, people are dentists, but they're people mm-hmm. first. Dentistry is like your livelihood, but it's not all that you are, obviously. So I like to kind of see how people take that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, for me, I hate to say this, but I love dentistry and it's become a part of me that I can't really give up.
0: Yeah, of course. And,
1: and that's something that, you know, like I will always do it and I will literally, I wouldn't mind dying with a handpiece piece in my hand, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I think really it's just being able to give back. Um, and dentistry kind of allows me to do that, you know, in both, you know, maybe in a financial way, but also in a skills way as well. Um, giving back to people, I'm looking back, you know, in my college years, I did a couple mission trips. Um, out in Cambodia. And I did the dental part of it too. And just seeing the impact that it had on people, um, that just don't have that access to care, you know, and just being able to just provide them something so simple, um, has such a lasting impact. And I think that's really where my heart is, is, you know, yeah, dentistry is great. And you know, people think you can make all this money and stuff, but there's no point of accumulating all that wealth or anything like that if you can't give back to those who really need it. So I think for me, it's just having that capacity and being being privileged to um, have the skill, you know, to serve those who most need it. And I think that's kind of the, I guess, my life goal or my, my life
0: I definitely my wife I cut off the little bit of your last sentence <laughs>
1: oh okay no I was just I was I was just saying um being able to just give back to those that mm-hmm. you know that just can't give anything you know and that's that's the beauty of dentistry is that yeah you know you could accumulate wealth from dentistry but also we're given the talent of um a skill set as well. So being able to use that skill set to help those in need is even better.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Do you see yourself working in a community health clinic long-term or like part-time or in a private practice setting, but seeing like disadvantaged patients, like how do you hope to kind of do that? I know you don't really know for sure yet, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now it's kind of just trying to find a job one. That's the ultimate goal after graduating. But yeah, I mean, I would love to eventually just do a blend of you know both private practice and community work as well. Um, one thing that I'm I'm looking forward to as soon as I get down to San Diego is you know connecting with people from UCSD. They do have a free clinic that they do um, with a couple of the college students at UCSD. So being part of that would be um, something that I'm going to be looking into and hopefully join um, because you know we, we could do so much for. Our, just our local community as well. So um, yeah, a blend of the two for sure.
0: Awesome. That's super admirable. Um, So we're wrapping up here, but do you have any closing thoughts or advice you want to get out to the listeners?
1: Closing thoughts and advice. (laughs) Well, I think for dental students, Mm -hmm. one thing I would have to say is take advantage of the time that you're there. Um, I know you could get bogged down with a lot of the schoolwork and a lot of the kind of the craziness of things, but really take advantage of it you know you 're paying good money for it, so you know learn from them like one thing that I highly recommend third years and fourth years if even if you 're not on clinic, go to clinic learn you 're paying for it so you know, if it means that you have to go in and shadow an oral surgeon or shadow a periodontist or, you know, all these different things, like learn those things now while you're in school, you know, don't get caught up with, oh, I just did the minimum requirement. I'm good. Like take advantage of it because those are the best quote unquote CE's that you're ever going to get, in my opinion, you know, while you're in dental school. So take advantage of the faculty that you're there, that, that are there, learn from them, learn from their mistakes, learn from but you know, their successes as well and and just kind of blend all that together so that when you graduate, you have a good base in dentistry.
0: All right, thank you so much for everything today. I feel like it was a awesome episode. What is the best way for people to reach out to you if they have any more questions or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so um you are any of you guys, any of you are welcome to hit me up on Instagram. My Instagram handle is drdr.rjmfrey. I guess you'll put that on the, uh, on the link below. Yes, um, I will. But yeah, feel free to reach out to me there. Um, and yeah, I, I check it daily. So if you have any questions in regards to LGBT health or um, AEGD programs or even dental school, feel free to reach out.
0: Awesome. Thank I'm you for so everybody. Much.
1: No, thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, so that is the end of this episode. I'm going to get back to studying for finals, but I will talk to you guys next week to recap how those finals went and reflect on everything I learned through D1 Summer. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on Monday.